Welcome to the Creative Land Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Okay, good morning. Uh, my name is Nate Casimiro. I am Nate Stalka. And uh, we're Vault Nat One Presents. We have a number of different projects, but today we're here to talk to you about podcasting. We do have a podcast called Daft Monks on all the channels, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And so today we wanted to show you, uh, talk you through how to launch your Steampunk podcast. So this is primarily geared towards people who are going to start a brand new podcast. But we do have some marketing tips once you've launched, uh, especially so if you, you do have a podcast, we do have some helpful marketing stuff we can teach you at the end too, so just stay tuned with us. And with that, um, so just qualifications, we do know what we're talking about mostly. Uh, we have a podcast, it's half talk show, half actual play D&D campaign. Um, the Daft Monks are actually Van Helsing and Trevor Belmont, they're just kind of like idiot vampire hunters who can't do anything correctly. Um, that's kind of, that's the D&D portion of our show. Uh, we did launch in about 30 days of December 2020, December 2020, and then when we went through all last year, we had about 59 episodes up. Um, we have a successful Patreon uh, with about 30 uh, patrons at, at the moment. We collaborate with other podcast shows. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, I am a marketing professional at Organzilla, and we just launched our season two. So long story short, we do know what we're talking about. We are not uh, just making this stuff up, mostly. Um, so I wanted to give you the why podcasting. If you don't know anything about podcasting or you just like never really listened, there's a huge audience for it basically. Um, and it's just a really great hobby. So it's a lot of fun. Um, you might want to podcast if you have something to say, but you've never had like an audience to say it to. Um, and your show, your rules. There is virtually no censorship. I mean, Joe Rogan is a great example lately. Um, I mean, for years and years and years, he's able to say whatever he wants. Really zero censorship. I just had uh, our first swear word in our title, and all Apple does is just asterisk it out. It doesn't even matter. Um, so you really are not put on any rules or rails. So it's really great if you, whatever story you want to tell, um, you're able to do that and find an audience. Um, this is less relevant today, but still very relevant. Can be conducted safely from your home, uh, which, you know, during the me and Nate started because we were bored out of our mind during the pandemic. We wanted to play D&D. Playing remotely on Discord is fun, but isn't quite as fun as we think as in person. And so we decided we wanted to kind of put on a show. We had all this time, all this equipment, so we gave it a shot. Um, Pre-recording lens well. If you're a busy person, I, I have a pretty busy day job. Uh, versus like streaming, right? Everybody wants to be like a Twitch streamer, but you actually have to kind of consistently be available and, and streaming online. Whereas podcasting, you can pre-record your stuff, schedule it out. It's a little bit easier for people who are very active. You know, if you got families, careers, all that jazz. Um, big point here. 
it's actually fairly easy. We're going to go into, you can definitely start a podcast for free. Like for sure, I can tell you, you don't have to spend any money. And for the first few months we did, uh, we eventually to save time and effort, we started spending a little bit more once we got patrons, but you can absolutely start a podcast without any budget, which is great. So that's what's wonderful. And, and yeah, so we'll, we'll talk you through different options and when you might want to spend money versus when you might not. So who's listening to some you know quick stats? I put the source super blurry in the corner with this projector, um, but these are real statistics. So half Americans age 12 plus have listened to podcasts, 144 million podcast listeners, one in three Americans listen to at least once a month, one in five Americans older than 12 listen once a week. Point being, a lot of people listen to podcasts. Um, there is an audience for everybody, and you guys as steampunk people know, like there's a big community, but not always easy to find everywhere. So there are people who will listen to your show. There are steampunk podcasts, so we actually can pull up some at the end. Um, so you absolutely will have an audience if you can figure out how to reach out to them. And we'll talk a little bit about how you do that today. So reasons not to podcast, I actually wanted to include this because like anybody who wants to get into social media or influencing or broadcasting or performing arts, um, you know, don't go to art school to be rich. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with <laughs> podcasting. Don't start a podcast if you want to make money. You can over time. Like we now have patrons. We, we now break more than even. We, we pay to use some software now to make our life easier. And so we, we get more money in our patrons that pay for our software. And we get to like budget for opportunities like this. But it's slow. Um, and you don't want to just do your show to make money because then you'll start making poor decisions. If you're just trying to put ads in your show, people aren't going to want to listen to a show that's really just about money and ads. So. Um, don't start a podcast to make money. If you think you're gonna be the next critical role, maybe you will be, but probably not in the first year. So, you know, have re realistic expectations, mate. Um, we started actually, kind of funny story, we started with six friends. Yes. And we were like, oh, we're gonna do this whole big production together. Um, and quickly we found out it's actually a lot of work. Right. And maybe that wasn't the best, you know, like some of us wanted to do the work and some of us just wanted to have fun. So just, you know, if you're gonna do a podcast, you can be a solo host, or you can be co-hosts, or you can have a group of people. Just make sure everybody's on the same page of what you're trying to accomplish with your show. Um, and also, uh, to kind of, if you're gonna create a podcast, you want listeners, and so you gotta get used to kind of putting yourself out there and promoting yourself. Uh, my friend Nate here, a little shy, he would never show up to a conference like this and just promote one of his own projects, but I dragged him here today. We're gonna talk a little later. I hope I'm gonna make it. Point being, if you're gonna do any kind of streaming, uh, promotion, social media, whatever, you gotta just be willing to tell your friends, tell your family. If you can't sell it to your mom, your dad, your brother, your best friend, how are you gonna sell it to anybody else? And and with so much content and, and, and media out there, you just gotta be comfortable. It's a great skill to build if you don't have. So just, if you're gonna go into podcasting, I'd, I'd say, or you don't wanna go into podcasting, it would be because you're just too shy and you don't wanna try it. But everybody can do it, I assure you. If Nate here can do it, then I can then do it. We, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then lastly, uh, this is kind of an interesting point. One thing, we'll talk more about like ways to get more listeners and viewers, but consistent a consistent schedule, it doesn't have to be like live consistency, but like we schedule every Friday. When we miss Fridays, we absolutely see like immediate dips and not just like for that Friday, but afterwards, like you missed a week and people suddenly, so it's really important with podcasting. Like people want to listen to you every Tuesday. Like they know your schedule. It's like, like they have a work schedule. They know to like make time to listen to you on this day and they want to keep listening to you on the same day. So it's important to just, uh, try to, try to stick to a consistent schedule. If you're just like, uh, oh, I might do an episode one month and then not touch it for three months. 
you're not going to retain any listeners and that, that could be problems. So these are just some things to keep in mind before, you know, if you're like, I hate all of the things on that slide, like, well, maybe don't set up our guests, but more than likely any of you can do. So getting started. Um, this is a lot of times I think people skip this first step. So I, I like to, I'm a marketing person. I work for Zillow. So I do a lot of marketing stuff. And so I like to like have people take a step back and before they just hop on, start recording stuff, just ask you a few questions. Like, who are you? Like, what are you trying to make? And you know, why won't people listen to you? So for me and Nate, uh, this is kind of our pitch. Basically, we're kind of like the funny murder hobos in our campaign that really just want to have fun. Like, we just want to role play. We'll have some battle encounters, but we mostly just want to role play for 45 minutes, like every painstaking <laughs> detail into like major hilarity. So we wanted to bring that, and we wanted to make D&D accessible. I'm kind of the filthy casual of our group. Uh, like I pay D&D Beyond to make my character sheet because I only have so much time. I work and I have a family. So I wanted to just bring D&D to people who like, I don't have time for D&D. I don't know all the rules. I'm not going to buy the books, but I still want to like listen to a camp. Like, Critical Role is too much for me, but I still want to like experience a campaign. So that was, that was like, yeah, we just want to be fun. Yeah. So that was kind of like our pitch. And so I encourage you to think about that because then it goes into these next couple bullets here where... You can make your life easier if you take the time, for instance, brainstorming a name that is clever, but also not completely taken. So if you Google, if you're like, wow, I have this really awesome name, it's called Critical Role. And maybe you spell role differently than they do, right? And then you type that into Google, oh, like you're gonna have trouble ever rank, like you're almost at a disadvantage before you ever start. If you take the time to say like, well, you know, we really, since me and Nate are just like stupid, funny murder hobos, we went with the name Daft Monks. It's kind of like, it's, it's a pun, so you get that we like humor, but it's also Daft as in like literally we're stupid and that's what we do on our show. So put those thoughts together, come up with a name, and then unfortunately it's a little blurry on this side. It's namechecker.com. Um, and anybody after the show, you can hit me up or after this presentation. I'll be more than happy to send you the deck or, or send you links, but like, if you go to that like last link, you can type in a name that you're thinking of. You're like, oh, I want to do the pod pod, <laughs> you know, like that's what I want to call it. You type that in and then it will check like website domains. It will check every social media to see if that handle. And ideally what you're looking for is like, oh cool, this name's available on most platforms. That's something, do this step now because later you will spend so much like time trying to like compete with the best selling book that already has your title. And that's just painful. And just, that's not, you want to spend time making content, not like, marketing it, right? Like, we only do marketing so people listen, but uh, ideally you don't want to market, right? So those are just some thoughts there. So do yourself a favor, Google the name you want to start with, check social media, make sure it isn't already not like, if I if we were like, what if we just call it Daft Monk? That would not go super well because there is a band called Daft Monk. So I don't need to be the, you know, uh, beat it to death, but one other recommendation. Um, so me and Nate, we have name our podcast is Death Monk, but we are now in presents. It's kind of like our, our like umbrella group for all of our projects. And one thing we learned is throwing a numeral in there is very confusing. Like D and D people understand what Nat one is, but a lot of people want to spell out the one. So don't use numerals. That's what, don't use symbols. Don't use numerals. Just stick with words. It'll make your life way way easier. So Learn from our mistake. Yeah. yeah please <laughs> learn from us. Okay. <laughs> So that said, that was kind of the boring stuff. Now here is kind of the more fun stuff. Spend a lot of time on your cover art. In many, many cases, there's a lot of factors to how people pick your show. It kind of ranks like, and actually I, like, I, I was in a session where the VP of like PR for Apple Podcasts spoke. And the factors are, I think number one is the title of your podcast. Number two is your cover art. And then number three was your description. Now when you think about it, 
that doesn't totally make sense to me because I'm like, well, I want to read what a show is about. But actually, that's not, most people will actually just pick it based off of your picture and your title. And that's what they will decide if they want to even listen to your podcast. So we already talked about naming, but then I just want to talk more about your cover art. It needs to stand out. Imagine like, you know, your phone is about this big. There's a grid of six squares of different podcasts on there. If yours is just like faded colors, really small, hard to read text, like you don't know what's going on. And then there's like a super bright, like ours literally just says like Nat One and then has some illustrative art. I think we showed it in the previous slides up here. Even like our old podcasts, like you could see the smaller text and that detail, it kind of like you lose that detail when you zoom all the way out. Whereas like big, bright colors, right? You can kind of almost see the difference there. That's what you want to go for. In any case, you want to stand out when you're in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you want to stand out against the competition. So keep that in mind when you're creating uh, cover art. I put a little stuff about logo here. You don't need a logo for your podcast. Um, I'm a marketing person, so I, I created this kind of Nat One umbrella thing because I want to always be able to grow and scale. Um, just know if you are interested in logo stuff, um, logos need to look big, really look good, really big, and really small, right? So if you have gradients and illustrations and all this detail, uh, that's not good for a logo because it's like it's hard to print. Even like this shirt. If I had just done everything in white, it would have been cheaper than white and blue. But if I have seven colors, this shirt is now twice as expensive. So logos keep simple, okay? Just just keep that in mind. Everybody wants like a really detailed, especially you steampunk guys, you, you guys love your accessories, <laughs> you love your gaga, you got your cogs, but if you cram all that into a logo, you're you're making your life harder later on. Like keep it simple, okay? So then hosting, podcast hosting. So this is kind of like if you're familiar, if you have a website, you need to like put the web, like you have to pay a web hosting. You have to have somewhere like WordPress. So maybe you just pay WordPress to like have your website on there. You do have to have, ultimately to have a podcast, you have to have an RSS feed. Now, if you're really technical, you can like code your own RSS feed, but probably that's not most people's case. I even work, I work for a tech company. I don't like make my own RSS feed. I pay a podcast hosting company, okay? Now there are free and there are paid options. Um, I'm gonna give you guys two recommendations. If you want free, because 100% you can create a podcast for free without spending any money. We did it the first six months, I would say. Use Anchor, okay? Anchor's owned by Spotify. It is totally free, tons of features and functionality, and you don't pay anything. Um, they can even help you monetize. So what they're gonna do is you're gonna upload. It has, first of all, it has a mobile app for your phone, which not all competition does. Uh, you can record, if you have like a, just like a cheap little headset, you can record. Uh, onto your phone, you can upload episodes on there, schedule them, publish them, and it will submit it to all the major directories, which we'll talk about later, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so Anchor is your free option. You'll get the most functionality there. Now, if you want to go paid, most of these other options, there are lots of podcast hosts. They're all like have different pros and cons, but if you want to pay, and when I say pay, these plans usually range from like eight to $20 a month, depending on usually it's by how many hours. So you could have one show, you could have two shows, but it's like how many hours? If your show is 30 minutes every week, or if your show is two hours every week, you're gonna pay more for the two hour show. But usually nine to $20 is, is kind of what you're gonna pay. I strongly, strongly recommend if you want a paid version, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is what I started, I actually started with SoundCloud, and that was not made for podcasting, it was terrible, bad analytics. Then I used Anchor, Anchor was pretty cool. And it was free, and we used that for a long time. But then I was a busy guy. I work 
Nate doesn't know how to use a computer, no, so we really <laughs> had to like start speeding it up a little I make bit. Voices, <laughs> yeah. Nate is the talent, so I'm the marketing guy. As soon as we get on the podcast, you're always listening, and like Nate's the funny stories. Like I'm just kind of there to edit, get it online, and promote it. Um, but anyway, we got to a point where we we really needed to save time, and I was willing to spend a little bit of money to do that. And so Buzzsprout is, I would, my opinion, the easiest to use, most functionality, and best host for your podcast. So. What is podcast hosting? It's just going to be the place you upload and schedule your episodes, and then it just distributes it to all the other apps. You don't have to manually upload to Apple Podcasts. You don't have to manually upload to Spotify. This will do it all for you, okay? So anchor free, let's pro update. So what is it? Do you have to have a uh, same time every week or same uh, uh, format every week? or You 100% get to decide that. You could you could you could do every day if you had the free time. You don't have to commit to any schedule for any of the apps. If you want to say every third Wednesday except on full moon, like you can do that. You you have full range to schedule whenever you want and as often or little as you want. But I will say the my number one recommendation, once a week. Um, if not, then bi-weekly, every other week, once every other week. Those are the two most common schedules, but weekly um, works the best from what I've heard from peers. And, and I mean, we have a professional podcaster here as well, so uh, I think probably you can maybe attest. Uh, how often do you publish your show? Uh, once a week. Yeah, once a week. Um, special times, like before Wild West Con, Alagoosie had some extra shows with some of the people that are going to be featured and throw some extra ones in there. But uh, but yeah, it's consistent. And people, people that don't listen to you live when you do it, people have a, people have a habit of listening to or maybe on their way home from work. Yeah. Or yep. when they're jogging. So they're we have a bunch be... of listeners too that binge as well. So if you have oh, yeah. a nice library, then they will binge. Yeah. But the purpose of doing it every week is because there's so many options of people to choose from. So once you're lucky enough to have somebody find your podcast, you want to keep them coming back. Exactly. It's about the idea. keeping them engaged because it is saturated. There are lots of podcasts. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a little confused on uh, uh, the, the term hosting. Yep. You said you're using Anchor to host yep. it. But it's also distributing it to other apps. Are those just pointers back to Anchor? Yeah, they're at the end of the day, all the other apps are just pulling in. It's just a feed. It's one. It's a you, you're you're creating one web page with a bunch of audio embeds, and all Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they just pull that. They pull that into their interface and list it out for you. So they search um, the other sites to find it and yep, that yep. points it. Yeah. Yeah. Now Anchor. you do. Yeah. Now these sites, all these hosting will like help you submit for you, but there's some sites where you do it, you submit it yourself, and it's just like taking a copy and pasting a URL into a bar, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's as easy as that. Um, you'll definitely, you'll need a host. Um, like I said, Anchor Free, Buzzsprout for eight. Uh, equipment and mic etiquette. So I'm gonna hand it off to Nate, but I'm just gonna say one thing. The best equipment for you is whatever will get you started on podcasting, okay? You do not need an amazing mic to get started. You can start, lots of people record it just off of their phone with like a really nice little like headset or something. So we're gonna say what we use, what we recommend, but do whatever will get you started. Don't think you have to wait four months to save enough money for a good microphone. No, get that out of your head, start. The sooner you start, the more you'll learn, the sooner you get online, it'll be better. So that said, uh, Nate will take away with what we use and maybe just some tips on mic etiquette. So all this was a learning curve. Originally, we wanted to start it out as a critical role type game where there was going to be a long table of us and there's going to be a lot of dice throwing and a lot of background noise. So originally, we went with a, a dynamic type of mic. And that turned out to not be what we needed in our situation as we adjusted to a two-person podcast. 
So we switched over to a condenser because now there's no background noise. It's just me and Nate making jokes. And that ended up being the better option for us. And then they have very cheap options for what you want to do. But if you really want to, you can just use the mic that's in your laptop to get started and to get a bass out there. And it doesn't matter that much. But we decided to go with a Sterling SP150. And it comes with two little 130s, but those aren't really used for that much. But it's just a nice condenser mic that we just pop up. And then the important thing when you're using a condenser style mic is to have the pop filter. Because we noticed right away when we were using the dynamic mics, your P's and S's hit hard. And it is super annoying when you're listening back on your podcast and all you can hear is sucker and suckatash. <laughs> Question? Yeah, you keep using the phrases, but what is the difference between a condenser and a dynamic? Okay, so uh, your dynamic mic, when you go to look at it, it's going to be the one you'd see uh, up on a stage uh, when someone's doing a presentation. So it'd be like your little silver ball and things like that. So all that mic allows voices and noise from it's like all over the It's yeah. going to pull from all directions where the condenser, almost think of like a cone, yes. it's going to have just like a, a certain direction that points at, and it's really just picking up direction in that cone. Where the, the con yeah. Yep. Next question, why do you put a screen in front of the mic? So we put the screen in because that eliminates your popping on your P's. So when you're talking, and then we'll go into mic etiquette a little bit later on, you need to be comfortable and be in a proper position that way, your recording sounds the same every time you do it. You don't want to sound too far or too close. So you put these pop filters in front, or we use a, a sleeve now, because that eliminates the, like, when you use a P or even a B sound sometimes, it's really noticeable and that bass will hit in. So it'll be like, pop, 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 like really bad. Yes. And like that, oh, it almost hurts your ears when you're listening sometimes. And you can edit that out, but editing is where you could spend, I used to spend an hour, and now I'm spending 10, like, you the less you can edit, the more time you'll have fun just creating content and getting it up and sharing with listeners. That's where you want to focus your time. Editing will create for better content, right. but if you have to get every P and soften, and I mean, don't worry about this. Like in the beginning, just just launch a podcast. The audio can sound cruddy. All right, we'll show you later. Our audio did sound cruddy in the beginning. So you don't um, sound like Draco saying Harry's name. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so th those are just ways that if you can, like uh, like pop filters and uh, the foam covers are usually like five to ten dollars on Amazon. So it's a very like cheap that versus hours and hours and hours of time later. I value my time. My time is worth money. So five to ten dollars, I would gladly spend and just reduce. It helps that. the quality and gets rid of that headache that comes with it because mm -hmm. you notice it right away the difference when you actually use one. And then for us, we use the PreSonus AudioBox ninety six. The thing is, we didn't want a direct USB you can for a condenser style mic that does your 180 cone, that just picks up your voice. You can get a straight USB that plugs right into the computer. But the quality isn't there as much as when you're just using like an analog plugin. Yeah. So we have to use the audio box because that's gonna convert it from your analog style plugin and then put it to USB for the computer, and that's yeah. why we use that. If anyone, like, Blue Yeti's are a really popular brand right now, that's a USB mic, and that's like as good as you're gonna get USB mics, but I would say your best yeah. audio equipment will be analog right first. Okay. And when you're, when you're looking into this, it's very important to know a uh, dynamic mic, you can just plug in and it's gonna start recording. But when you wanna upgrade to a condenser mic, you're gonna have to have a 48 volt power supply that goes with that, so you need to have the right box that can actually power supply your microphone and then you still be able to record. 
ask me how I know, we've dealt with it. Yeah. <laughs> All you really need to know is if, if you're going to go, uh, if you go USB mic, it's going to be plug and play, you're good to go. Buy a blue Yeti, plug it yeah. in, you'll be solid. If you're going to do condenser and analog stuff, then just go into your local Best Buy uh, guitar center, guitar center, center yeah. and just ask them, like, hey, I want to use this mic, do I need any equipment to go with it? Right? They might tell you, like, oh, you need this box to plug in new before it goes into your computer. That's all your key takeaways there. Yep. Um, I just wanted to throw some other options out there. So uh, a lot of people do record over Zoom. That's that's a very popular free option. Uh, if you can, the business accounts like I think like fifteen dollars a month, and then that will record your audio up to like a cloud. That can be really helpful um, if you're trying to uh, save money. Uh, if remote guests is very common. So. Yes. Um, so again, I'm going to give you your free and your paid options. Free if you're doing remote recording. So someone's at their house, you're at your house and you're recording for free, use Zoom. If you're gonna do paid, we actually use Riverside. So that's like a 10 to $20 membership a month. And that records our video, records our audio on separate tracks. Then I can combine the tracks together later. Separate tracks is really nice because I ramble a lot, guys. You've already figured it out, I'm sure. So Nate, I get to just leave his audio and it's great. Me, I cut about half the things I say because I just keep going, I just keep going. And then our show is like two hours like longer than it should be. Um, so anyway, Riverside and Zoom will be for remote recording, or if you record locally on your computer, which is usually going to be better quality, no matter how strong the software is, people's internet connections fade, stuff happens. So if you can record on your computer using just like Audacity, Audacity is free. Um, if you like Adobe products, which I do and I use them for work, I like Adobe Premiere and Adobe Audition as well, but those are a paid membership as well. So. Any questions um, at the very at the very end, feel free. Uh, I'll give you my contact information. I can send you the deck. And feel free to just always email and be like, which editing software should I use? And I'll tell you in great detail which one you want. So don't get too in the weeds right now. I want you guys to start a podcast. I don't want you to focus on what equipment or software you need. We'll help you figure it out. Just decide, you know, know the basics before you go in. You know, don't buy something you're not going to use is more what we're concerned about. Because we went our whole first season just figuring stuff out. And like, man, if we could have went to somebody who had all the answers for us already, that would have been awesome. So we figured we're doing this. If you want to do this, then yeah, we'll tell you everything that we learned along this long road that we've been doing so far. And Let that us way, help you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, pre-launch. So you bought some equipment or you didn't need the equipment, you used some free stuff, you have it hosted, you have it scheduled, and you're ready to like launch your podcast. Like, what do you do? The next slide, I'm gonna talk about the distribution part, how to get it literally on Apple, literally on Spotify. But here's kind of your, I would say, like a little bit of a checklist for you before you're ready to launch. First of all, you probably wanna record more, like say you wanna launch with five episodes. Um, and I would say launch with three to five. People like to binge, right? Have you ever started a show now in, the, in this day and age where you just got one episode and like, I have to wait till next week now? Like, that's, nobody wants to do that anymore, right? 10 years ago, that was, we were fine Saturday morning cartoons, but today we, we want to at least like have a couple episodes. Like I have a three episode rule for like any show I watch on Netflix. If I hate it, episode one, I will usually watch two more before I decide if I don't like it. That's not everybody. But with podcasting, try to, try to launch with at least like three to five, I would say. I think that'll just give people more time to like grow and love you and not just make a rash judgment. They might do that anyway, but give them a chance. So anyway, plan to have three to five episodes, which means you should probably record more than that because you're probably learning in the beginning that mic etiquette. One thing we didn't talk about, uh, Nate, is like your distance from the mic, which is usually what, about like a, like a fist-ish, some yeah, inches? About three to four inches if you're gonna be using a condenser mic. That's the, the Goldilocks zone for that microphone. If you're gonna use a dynamic, you can put that thing wherever it's gonna pick it up. 
So I'm going to take this off because I'm talking so much, guys. Sorry. Um, so, you know, you sound great when you're like this. And then the minute you pull away, you start to sound like this. This is what that's like what you're going to sound like on audio. And like I'm a I talk with my hands with, with my I just flail around as I talk. He's terrible. And so you'll just hear me come in and out of the mic. And so you got to you got to work on that. You probably might not nail it the first time, like getting used to just always being those four inches. It's almost to me, it feels very stiff. But you just you just gotta make sure you're comfortable. A good mic stand, like there's mic stands that just like it's on your desk and it's right here. There's mics where it like, kind of cranes in. There's arms. Figure out what's good so that you can be comfortable in your chair. Question: Could you use the mics that are part of a headsets? Yeah, um, yes. I don't recommend it. Right. Mics that are part of heads headsets are almost always like if you do use a headset mic, make sure obviously it has the like it's called a little boom arm. It's like the little arm that comes out that almost every single like headset you get will have a built-in microphone, even if it doesn't have the arm. But if you don't have the arm, you're gonna sound terrible. So yes, if you have like a gaming, gaming headsets have like the arm. So there's lots of headsets you can use that would have that and that would be great. But if it does not have, it's just like a regular, if it looks just like regular headphones, don't use that. Even if it does have a mic built-in, it will always sound terrible. Um, we, we, we've just kind of learned the technology up there. But if that's your only option and that's what you want to use to start out, then there's no problem with that. That's all you got to start your free podcast, basically. But as you grow, you're going to want to change because you're going to want to have the best of the best. All right. So you got you, you recorded eight episodes. You decided on the three to five that were actually good enough that you feel comfortable with putting out there. You've scheduled them. So great. You've uh, you've tested your audio with your headphones and through speakers. Um, so that's I, I like to like play it on your phone, but then listen to it on your computer with headphones like you're going to hear different things. Like sometimes we do a sound check and I'm like, this, this sounds great. And then I put headphones on later and I listen back to the recording and Nate's baby is screaming. My husband decided to use the blender for some reason um, while we were recording. I'm just like, oh my God, like I can hear everything. Um, so I just recommend like, go listen to it. Like I also like to listen in my car stereo. Like I just, it'll, it's good. Get the different feel. If you, uh, some hosts like Buzzsprout with the paid option, will automatically level your audio, so it's all about the right um, audio, like audio levels. Um, it's annoying, have you ever watched like a show on TV and it's really quiet and then an explosion happens and you like have to turn the volume down right after you turned it back up? You don't wanna do that with podcasting, so leveling audio is something that some hosts will do for you, which is really nice. Um, but you can kinda, even without paying to do that, you can just do that by listening on your listening in your car, listening on your phone, you'll kinda hear it. Fun story, I actually blew out a friend's speakers because we had our <laughs> intro music before we learned to like level our audio. Our intro music was super loud, and then but the regular episode wasn't, so he was used to the regular... I think we added the intro music later. At first, we just started the episode talking, and then we added intro music. So one episode, he just turned on, and it's like, BAM! And it's just like, it's like speakers like blew out in his car. And uh, so that's another... Do, do the testing so your, your audience doesn't have to. Um, that's a good way to lose a, a listener there. Um, and then just other things... Create a trailer. Uh, so definitely the main, most of the main popular apps, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, they'll let you put like a three minute trailer up. Um, and, and there's like special functionality built in for trailers. It like sorts to the top and, and other things. Um, Apple features trailers on their Discover page. So make a trailer, just, you know, like a, a, it's, your, it's your elevator pitch. Get like play either, and, and you don't have to overthink it. If you don't want to script something or write it out, just take, after you've done like three to five episodes, take the funniest or most interesting, compelling parts and just, Put them, splice them together real quick, and use that as your trailer. But just make it compelling because this these people might judge you based on your trailer uh, alone before listening to your show. Always judging. Always judging me. Um, 
We talked about make sure you have podcast cover art, and I don't think I mentioned it on the, the cover art slide, but if you are not comfortable making art, um, there's websites called Canva where you can just freely put that together. Uh, Fiverr, people literally just do that for 5 to $10. Like, you can get someone to make you quality cover art, and I would say, like, it has to be good. I would really, really like, I, I honestly feel like so many people judge our podcast based on just the art alone. And so I'd really say like five to $10 is not a lot of money to like ensure um, that people actually look at your stuff. And, you know, like there's a lot of cliches. I'm not going to say them all, but like there's, there's definitely things you can do that you can put on your art, you know, that, that will just look like every single other podcast. So don't, don't, don't do that. Like take the time. It doesn't have to be super illustrated. You don't have to have anything professional, but it just has to be bright, bold. Um, so make sure you make sure you have that good art before you launch. Um, and because if you change your art too, you can always change everything in your podcast. You can literally, after an episode airs, replace all the audio. I've done that once we got better. But that said, if you change the art on your podcast, people literally sometimes get confused and don't recognize it in their like list of a podcast. So just something to keep in mind there. And then this is a really big one, guys. Um, research what category your show is going to fall on. You have to choose a category. You can actually choose up to three if you have the right host. So Spotify looks at three categories, but Apple only looks, most podcast apps only look at the first category. So for steampunk podcasts, right? You guys probably, depends on what you're going to do, but like if it's making cosplay, you might be like an art or fashion, right? If uh, like me and Nate playing D&D and stuff, it's performing arts or it's leisure games or it's, Basically, look at a show who's already doing what you want to do and look at their category. But miscategorizing, people will never find you then organically unless people you direct people there. You want to make your app discoverable and picking the right category. I have met somebody who does a really, I had worked with somebody, I had helped him out and like audited his show. And he did like ghost stories and paranormal and they were like real. He really researched their like real stories. He's talked to like like psychics and, and a lot of stuff, like, like psychic detectives, like actual people. Really great stuff. And he was in entertainment was his category. And I'm like, every one of your competitors are in natural sciences, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you could just shoot yourself in the foot so early if you don't research your category. And I actually see people do that all the time. They just pick the first word that comes to mind and it actually doesn't make sense, you know? And, and that was us for us. I mean, I don't even remember what we did, but I think the very first couple episodes, we are critical role and D&D stuff is usually leisure games. But I didn't pick that because I didn't really think like, we were a game person. I think I just did like pop culture or something. Well, guess what? Pop culture is way oversaturated and it's usually more people talking about music and, and film and stuff, you know? So pick the right category. It's, it's really important there. Um, let's see. Get feedback from target audiences. This is a, a double-edged sword, right? You're gonna, if you ask like three friends to, to listen who actually care and will listen to the whole episode, um, but also know that those three people do not represent, right? Like if you know statistics, like, you only get, you have to have a big sample size to get like consistent information. So you can ask three friends and they might, if they're like, hey, this audio, this one part sounded really bad. That's good feedback. If they're like, I think you should talk more about dogs. Um, that might just be their opinion, right? So you, you just kind of want to weigh it out. Like, don't take it too much to heart. If one person doesn't like it or one person, it's like not their thing. That's totally fine. The feedback you're looking for is like, it hurt my ears, you know, like, like it was too loud at this one part or the editing was really, I, I couldn't follow who was talking. Like that's the kind of feedback you want to, you want to be keeping an eye out for. All right. So distribution, you're ready to, you've recorded your five episodes. You, you, we went over all the things that we talked about, how you can like be safe and be careful. 
Now you need to basically take your RSS feed, which your host just gives you a URL, that's your RSS feed now, and you have to submit it at least three places by yourself. Um, a lot of the hosts will have a button that just does it for you, but a little caution of warning sometimes is like Anchor, if it does it for you, Anchor is like the one who submitted it for you, and then you have to reclaim it back from Anchor. So save yourself the hassle. You really just want to go to these, there's look, like look up Apple Podcast Connect, Spotify Podcasters, whatever, Google Podcasts, submit the link yourself, give your email yourself, and then that way you can log into their platforms, which give you for free, like how many listeners, how many followers. Apple Podcasts will show when exactly people stop listening to your episode, which can be really helpful data. Um, so those are the big three, and basically, Honestly, Apple Podcasts is king. Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the two big ones. Google Podcasts is also considered top three, but it's not widely used. Most people can kind of attest to. It's more like an SEO thing for search engines. Um, but then even among the top two, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Apple Podcasts is going to be the one that feed, like a lot of other podcast apps, Overcast, um, I think Podcast Addict, a lot of these other apps pull from Apple Podcasts. So that's like your source of truth. So make sure you at least submit to Apple Podcasts yourself, Spotify yourself, and I recommend just do Google Podcasts. If you do that, you're gonna show up on like 100 apps automatically by just without even knowing, right? I One of our top listeners, I don't know if I ever told you this, is like an app, it's called Ghana, it's in India. And like we actually, like there's ways to tell what's bot trapping and what's not, but like there's actually just like lots of English speakers in, in India who literally listen. So um, you're not gonna know all the apps you're on once you submit to Apple Podcasts, but that's what you wanna do. Now that said, there are some, I don't remember, basically just Google like podcast apps or podcast um, distributors or whatever. And then I, I found a website that had like 30 of them listed and I just submitted to every single one, you know? Like why not? You just do it once, you never worry about it again and you might get some extra listeners there. Um, and I'm happy, I'll send you that link. It was like podcastnews.com or something is what I used, um, but do all the work in the beginning and then just don't worry about that. It just keeps spreading out across the universe without any, any effort on your part. Um, other just things to know here, it could take, Apple might take their time and it could take as long as a week for you to get um, approved. So just keep that in mind. I talked about category, having the right category is super important. and. Know that some hosts will let you pick three categories, but whatever the first one they ask you is, is the only one Apple Podcast cares about, which, so that one is really the most important. So just keep that in mind. Um, this is not the case to save the best for last. <laughs> um, and then once those three are, once your podcasts are live, yeah, you're pretty much good. Um, one thing too, uh, we'll talk about it later. There's a, a super great slide, especially for people who have podcasts, where you can actually ask a lot of those distributors, so Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, they have forms and you can ask for, for them to promote you for free. And I'll, I'll give you the links to some of those later. Um, so we'll talk more about that later, but hey, once you've distributed, like you're live. Once they show up, you can literally go on a Spotify, search your name and you see it, congratulations, you're live. It's now, so exciting. It's so exciting, but guess what? People won't just start listening to you for the most part unless you hit like the new charts, you get featured or something. And that is usually based on how many people subscribe within the first like 30, 60 days. So if you're a brand new podcast, the best thing you can do is like get all your family and friends together or whatever, be like, hey guys, for the next 30 days, just like tell your friends about it, whatever. Because if in that first 30 or 60 days, you get a bunch of subscriptions, Apple picks up on it, feed, like puts it in the like the new section, and then you blow up and you get. I had a friend who did this. Uh, we didn't know about when we launched, right. but but she did. She for for January she launched the fitness podcast. Kind of makes sense with New Year's resolutions. And she went from like I think fifty episodes a week or plays a week to like four hundred a week, Damn. like immediately. 
Um, so it makes a big deal. So uh, basically, like when whenever you distribute and maybe wait a month if you're like, oh, it's a really busy month. I got to travel and I have kids and whatever. But next month will be better. Launch next month because once you launch, you kind of have this 60 day window to make or not make or break, but to give yourself a head start and maybe get featured if you really do a lot of promotion early on. So social media and promotion, uh, these are just like some tips I learned over time, right? Uh, and I'm just gonna go through it, not all of you. At this point, this is all I really, uh, up until now, this is all I really want you guys to take away, but now I'll share as a marketing expert, just here's things that can help you go from good to great, or you know, great to awesome. So Facebook posts, uh, like you can, you make a Facebook page, of course, for your podcast, and you can post on there. That's great, but whenever you link outside of Facebook, Facebook buries that post. Mm -hmm. So if you're linking out to your Spotify, you're linking out to Apple Podcasts, and you post uh, an update about a new episode, Facebook is gonna bury that. The exception though, is when your friends post about you, right? That's when the algorithm's like, yes, people are saying that to listen to this. So basically get your friends and family to share episodes. That's gonna be more effective on Facebook than just posting a link, linking out to your episode. Fun fact, a couple months ago, Facebook launched uh, Apple, or not Apple, they launched podcasts inside of Facebook. So you just connect your RSS feed in Facebook and every week Facebook just automatically posts my new episode now. That wasn't a thing a year ago, but now, so if you're not on your Facebook page connecting your RSS feed, you're, you're missing out because it will just automatically post every week. Then what you want to do is get your friends to like share that link. And that's what, and, and playing in inside Facebook, it, um, it's not taking them outside of Spotify. So Facebook keeps it in people's timelines because they want to keep you, they're selling you advertisements in Facebook. So they want to keep you inside of the timeline and the feed. They don't want to link you off to other websites unless you're paying them to advertise. Um, so set your, set your, immediately connect your, your podcast to your Facebook page, have that auto post and then have your friends share. It's going to really help you with, with plays and, and staying in, in promotion there. Facebook groups is really popular. Fine. If your podcast is about cosplay or steampunk, find a group read the rules. A lot of them have very strict rules about promoting yourself, but a lot of times if your content is appropriate, if you are going to teach people in your episode about how to make cosplay stuff like, like accessories, and that's what the group is about, they will let you promote yourself or post your own show if it is related to the topic on hand. So Facebook groups is a really great opportunity. Um, like, so we joined a bunch of D and D groups. We also share well, some uh, other content strategies, like tricks that we did to try to like, get our content on Facebook groups and be like, not be total self-promotion. We'll share it in a minute. Um, let's see, if you share, uh, you can share from the Spotify app as a story on Instagram, and then it has like a link in the top. That's kind of like an extra feature a lot of people don't know about. And then just this year, Instagram released a sticker. It used to be you had to have 10,000 followers before Instagram stories would let you put a, like a sticker with a link to click out of Instagram. But that actually, just a couple months ago, you can now just add that sticker. So you can now post a story and then like have a link that links out to your, because otherwise if, if you've ever like been on Instagram, right? If you look at a post, everybody says link in bio, because if you put a link in like a post description, it, it doesn't hyperlink and they probably bury it in, in the algorithm. So what you want to do is use stories and use the sticker to link out. And then in your bio is really where you want to put a link and you don't want to put links in your posts. So that's kind of some Instagram tips for you there. Um, use a thing like Linktree, uh, use like a site that basically has, and I'll just like, yeah. Um, no, we don't. I'm gonna, nah, we're running out of time, so I'm not gonna show you. But use a website where it just lists like six buttons and it's like Apple Podcasts. Basically, if you scan this QR code on your phone, it will take you to a page, build that, and that should be the link in your bio. That should be the link you give out to people. 
and then hit me up in the future when you're all like super legit with all this stuff, I'll teach you about link tracking and so you know who clicked what link and then like, oh, people are clicking on Instagram, people aren't on Facebook and then you know where to spend your time. So anyway, for an example of that, just click the, scan the QR code and also follow our show while you're there. It's real um, funny. It's real funny. Um, <laughs> hashtags on Twitter and Instagram are really helpful, putting the appropriate, so we have like a number, probably like a dozen D&D hashtags that when we post about D&D content or we post our role play, we use those hashtags, that's really important. Audiograms, so like Buzzsprout, the paid hosting I gave you, will create an audiogram for you, which is just like, it takes your cover art, puts a play button, and like does like the, the audio animation while you're talking. So even if you don't have video for your podcast, you only have audio, it like does a cool animation cover art thing, and sharing that on social media, that gets a lot of engagement. Um, turn on cross-platform cross sharing, so with Instagram, you can connect a Tumblr account and then it automatically posts to Tumblr. I don't use Tumblr, so I just, but I want my stuff on there, so I just have Instagram automatically post for me. Better than not posting at all, right? Doesn't matter, so those are just some, some different tips there. I wanted to share with you before we run out of too much time, um, one way we found that works really well, we actually, that's weird. Oh, I have to get out of the book. Um, one moment. We created animations from clips of our, here we go. So what we did is we took like 30 second clips and we paid an animator, uh, usually somewhere between 180 to $400 to animate a 30 second clip. And we shared this on social media. And this one, not this video, we had one video that gets 17,000 views because it was an animated clip. And if it was just audio, it never would have succeeded. Um, this wasn't that clip, this is another one we did, but I'll play it for you because I, I haven't released this one yet. It's like a uh, sneak peek. I hope y'all like pumpernickel bread, child. <laughs> just gonna knead it up real fast and throw it in the oven real quick like, mm, it's gonna get toasty in this kitchen if you fellas wish to join me. So it was a clip about Nosferatu and we were just joking. So anyway, we're able to post that in like vampire groups on social media and instead of just being like, hey, check out my podcast that has vampires in it, sharing a video, you know, that then like we like people were like, oh, that was really funny. Where can I get more of that? Go to the podcast. These are the strategies. This will help marketing in general because otherwise everybody's like, hey, I have a podcast, hey, I have a podcast, hey, I have a podcast. Especially since the, the pandemic, that's what a lot of people did. We were kind of guilty of that actually. So those are just things to keep in mind there. Um, I think we got to wrap up in the next five minutes because the next presenters probably want to use the computer. So I'm going to probably speed rush through these last slides. Um, analytics. Um, just make sure Apple Podcasts, Spotify, sign up for their podcaster accounts and they'll give you data, which episodes are being played, how many subscribers. Analytics and podcasting is actually kind of weird and hard. And basically, they all use different metrics. And, and so you're kind of, you're not going to get one metric. You're not just going to have, you'll get analytics in Anchor and in Buzzsprout that will tell you how many listens you have across all platforms estimated. But it's only going to be so accurate. At the end of the day, you want to kind of just go on Apple Podcasts and just listen to that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll kind of leave it at that. Just know uh, they also use different language. Follows and subscribes, about the same thing. Um, follow is Apple Podcasts, but other apps use the word subscribe. Downloads and plays are usually the same, but not necessarily in how they define a play. Some apps say you have to listen more than five seconds. Some apps is just a one second. Um, so lots of, <laughs> the, 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 the data is not like 
podcasting is still very in its infancy. And so the data is not consistent across all platforms. So you want to make sure you're logging in different places and looking at least the top ones like Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. Advertising, uh, at a certain point, you might want to grow your podcast. Um, listen, you can pay money to advertise and it'll, it will work a little bit, but it's expensive. But I don't recommend it. I do like come to events. Live marketing works better. Speaking and connecting with people, especially people who are your audience, steampunk. Some of you, does anyone play D&D in here? Okay, yeah, yeah so yeah, like you're yeah. our audience, right? That's that's the best way to, to, to like promote. But that being said, when you, if there is a good time to maybe pay a little bit of advertising money, it's when you first launch, especially to get part of that like new and up and coming category in like the Apple Podcast app. And so there's Overcast and Podcast Addict let you advertise within your category. Um, and they're trying to kick us out. I'll try to spend this up. They'll let you advertise for like 150 or $200 inside your category. They'll put a banner, like if you're in a D&D category, they'll show my banner in that category. That's gonna be the best bang for your buck. I usually find you can get like 30 subscribers plus lots of click-throughs and plays by paying something like 150 to 200, and that sounds like a lot, but in terms of advertising, I've spent a lot more and gotten a lot less, to be totally honest. They don't stick around. They notice a bump in your numbers, but then those people don't hang out. Okay, uh, I gotta get out of here, so request reviews and ratings. That's all I'm gonna say. Ask people to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, and now with Spotify, this is recent, but they can rate you one to five stars. Pre-launch, that's an old slide that shouldn't be there. And if you have any questions, there's all our social media. So basically everything you need to get a hold of us, uh, just scan this QR code. We have more business cards. Thank you guys for coming and start your own podcast. I hope to hear you guys soon. Thanks. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.